Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Uh, just ecstatic that you're here. And this is episode 400. How was that even possible? Started this show September 1st, 2009, over seven years ago. Here we are, weekly show, sometimes twice a week. Going strong. That's so awesome. And I thank you for letting me do this because uh, without you, I'd just be talking to myself. And I know that there's thousands of you listening uh, because I can see the downloads every week. So uh, many, many thanks. It means so much. Just so grateful for you. On this show, we'll get a transatlantic crossing review from Jason. Also, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with Cruise News. Don't forget to jump into our Cruise Radio News Facebook group. Just search Cruise Radio News and Facebook. Also, I've been getting a lot of emails lately asking if I would consider branching out and doing more river cruise reviews. And I understand that's a very niche market. So what I did is I launched River Cruise Radio. It's a separate podcast. You could find it on iTunes, uh, however you're listening to this, Stitcher Radio Network, also TuneIn Radio. Just type in River Cruise Radio, whatever you're listening to this on, and you'll find it. You'll also find more information on the show in the show notes at cruiseradio.net slash river. So excited about the River Cruise Radio project as well. Excited about 400 episodes. Um, I can't say thank you for this. It just excites me so much. So with that said, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is here. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, buddy. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Line turning 50 years old this year. Time is flying by. What was their first ship they had? They are going to begin their uh, 50th uh, celebration. Um, which began when uh, their Sunward uh, had its first cruise, December 19th of 1966, um, which uh, essentially gave way for uh, Norwegian Caribbean Lines, which was the predecessor to today's Norwegian Cruise Line. You know, they'll have some you know, kinds of things going on throughout the year to celebrate this uh, big milestone. I mean, you know, when you look at Canard uh, at 176 and P&O at 196, but uh, NCL did herald the beginning of modern-day cruising. So with, uh, with NCL and Royal Caribbean and Princess, I mean, those were the, you know, the, really the first of the modern cruise era. This next talking point is quite interesting. Cruise programming coming to Saturday morning TV. I haven't watched Saturday morning TV since I was a kid uh, with the cartoons. What is this all about? Well, what they want to do, Doug, is they want to really educate the consumer as to you know what what cruising is all about. They want to break down some of the barriers. You know, it's not reserved for the wealthy elite. It's not just for seniors. There's an enormous amount to do, amazing food. But the point is, there's amazing experiences. And here in the United States, there's still people that still don't get it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, beginning on ABC, NBC, and uh, the CW, which is a cable station. 
they're going to be uh, you know trying to reach these viewers uh, with uh, some you know various people. They'll highlight Carnival, Fathom, Holland America, Princess Seaborn, Aida, Costa Canard, uh, Pino Australia, and Pino UK um, to really engage consumers as to you know why cruising is, is such a a wonderful opportunity for people to take their vacations. I, you know, I've only been doing this for a handful of years, but I've never seen anything like this before. Is this like an industry first for a cruise line to buy this much network time? Well, yeah. I mean, for you know these thirty-minute blocks, it's going to be significant, and you know they're they're going to be you know the the, the three different hosts that uh, they've engaged. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what these guys, uh, you know, what what these guys come up with. I mean, because really none of them have any attachment. To the cruise industry, so it'll be interesting to get their uh, their perspectives. Cool. Yeah, you can also uh, check out the video of the or a little preview, I guess we'll say. We'll put it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Moving on here, Celebrity Cruises is going to refurbish Celebrity Solstice. What are we going to see? They're going to be uh, spending about eight point five million dollars, which, in the grand scheme of things, kind of sounds like a a touch up uh, compared to what we saw, like with uh, Canard's Queen Mary two. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they spent $132 million. But, uh, I mean, they are adding some uh, restaurants. They're adding uh, their uh, very successful uh, Japanese restaurant called Sushi on Five. Um, and uh, they're going to have uh, some new shows, uh, Taste of Film, um, that people will be able to experience under the stars. So they'll be bringing their photo galleries, Doug, into the 21st century, where, where they're going to be removing the traditional panel displays, and uh, we're going digital here, which is, awesome. hey, it's all good news. Yeah, totally. Carnival announced that they're doing, or building two ships exclusively for the China market. So now I'm kind of, I want to back up from this for a second. Is Carnival creating a Chinese cruise brand? Like, are we going to see another Carnival Corporation no. brand? This was a big misunderstanding. So what Carnival did, Carnival Corporation did, is they created a joint venture. Uh, they announced it last fall with the China State Shipbuilding Corporation, which is uh, also known as CSSC, um, and uh, the third joint partner uh, in this venture is CIC, uh, which is the uh, which is a capital corporation for China. And so the, the three of them announced that they're going to be uh, building or, or creating a cruise line specifically for the Chinese market. Uh, of which Carnival, I believe, from what I recall, had a 20% interest. So it's a it's a considered a minor interest in this, and they're going to be operating the ships that through another joint venture between CSSC um, and Fincantieri um, created. Hmm. So that was kind of the basis for a new venture. So the point is that Carnival is not going to own these ships; they're going to operate them, but it's this joint venture between essentially China and Carnival Corporation that uh, are, are going to operate uh, the ships. It is going to be based on the Carnival Vista class ships, which is the 133,500-ton ships, the first of which for Carnival just debuted this past summer. It's a very interesting development. So this will be the first. Um, this is, they, the, there were two ships with a possibility of four, um, with the first be, uh, uh, expected for delivery in 2022, so they've they've got themselves a little bit of time, but all this really was, Doug, was it, it was a memorandum of, of understanding, really. 
been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, Stuart. Hey, my pleasure, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Jason just returned from a transatlantic crossing on the Queen Mary 2, a westbound transatlantic crossing. So he started in England, and he ended in New York City, Brooklyn, actually. Jason's on the line right now. What's up, Jason? Hey, great to be here again. Now, uh, before we jump on board the Queen Mary 2, this ship underwent like this huge multi-million dollar renovation before you sailed. Uh, Before we review this ship, talk to us about the renovation. Yeah, so they basically spent just about $132 million to basically make it entirely new. They redid a lot of venues. They upgraded their food all on board, and they just did a great job. I was really impressed because I've been on the ship before, uh, twice actually, and to see the the improvements was quite impressive. I mean, you walk into the atrium, and that's even a lot bigger now because they actually took out two elevators to make more space for their buffet up top, and you know, it sparkles. It's looking great. Nice. Now, let's talk about uh, embarkation. So you you embark in Southampton, correct, over in England? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so how is the embarkation process over there as far as, like, how does it differ uh, embarking in Southampton than in the U.S. somewhere? You know, it's really about the same. Ordinarily, they have a slip that's dedicated to the Queen Mary 2. They were having some problems at that one with their gangway, so we actually had to go to the old QE2 terminal. But uh, other than that, normally it's as smooth as can be. They they have it just like it is, you know, if you're going out of Miami. The biggest difference is actually you have many dogs that are allowed on board, dogs and cats actually, in their kennel facility. So you'll see dogs and cats, you know, with their owners uh, getting on as though they were like four-legged passengers. It's pretty interesting. It's so cool to me when I think of the Queen Mary 2 because so many famous people are afraid to fly, and they actually use this ship as a mode of transportation between Europe and North America. Yeah, exactly right. That's what people do. They essentially use it as a, you know an upgraded ferry system, and it's it works out well for them. For you know seven day crossing, you know if you have the time to spend instead of taking a flight, 
it's a relaxing way to do it. I highly recommend it. Yeah, that uh, the drummer for Blink-182, Travis Barker, he was in that bad plane crash a few years ago. And he's afraid yeah. to fly now. But right. he'll do the, his transatlantics on the Queen Mary 2, and they'll give him a conference room to set up his drums to uh, practice. Interesting. Yeah, That's actually, cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. All right, well, let's talk about your first impressions. I know you've been on this ship before, but uh, what were your impressions this go-around after it was remastered? Really nice. They've done a great job enhancing the staterooms to begin with. They have a new decor. It's kind of more of a golden blue, and it's just really refined, uh, very homey. They did a really good job. I really appreciate all the decor. They uh, recently upgraded the decor in the staterooms, which was really nice, including photographs, uh, black and white photographs that were commissioned of their old Cunard buildings, the historic buildings in New York and Liverpool and such. And those are actually in the rooms now, and it just adds a really nice elegant touch to the rooms and uh, I really enjoyed it. So they did a good job with that. Beds were very comfortable. Um, I would have my wife on board with me and she agreed that uh, we had a very comfortable ride. What kind of stateroom did you have? We had a Britannia stateroom, okay. which is uh, one of their more uh, medium sized ones, but it was very nice. Is that, would that be balcony or? Yeah, it was a balcony room. So we had it just below the promenade deck and could look outside and see the waves. It was cool. Now, uh, let's take a step back here uh, because just for the listeners who may not understand about the Queen Mary 2, there's actually a class system on here. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, so it's really a return kind of the old ocean liner style. It's a very unique ship in itself in that it's designed specifically for these crossings. So structurally, it's phenomenal. It's it's definitely one of the most stable ships you could ever sail on and definitely the one you want to be on for this kind of crossing because if you get bad weather, you're going to be in pretty smooth conditions actually on board, which is nice. Beyond that, like you said, there are the more of a class system. They have um, basically dependent on the type of room you have is going to determine which dining room that you have. So in our case, we had the Britannia stateroom and we had the Britannia restaurant to go with it. If you're in a Britannia club room, you have the Britannia club restaurant. And upping again into the suites, you have the grills facilities, and that's the Princess Grill and the Queen's Grill that you have exclusively uh, to guests therein. Now, just curious, because uh, we're talking like a class system here, is this like MSC's Yacht Club or the Haven on NCL where... No one can go – like if you're in the Haven, normal people cannot go up there or can people like intermingle with each other? Yeah, it's not quite to that level. So there is a lot more intermingling. For the most part, the ship is basically accessible to everyone. Uh, the only thing that isn't, like I said, are the, the restaurants. Sure. Really. So the only thing that would be exclusive other than the restaurants is uh, for the Princess Grills and Queen's Grills, you have access to a suite lounge and a suite terrace. On the back of the ship, you kind of have your own little deck area with mm-hmm. a, a whirlpool. But other than that, basically everything is open to every passenger still. Cool. Let's switch gears here and talk about dining aboard the QM2. Uh, we'll start at the buffet area because you were saying that was recently remodeled and redone and work our way down from there. So how was the buffet food and how was the new layout? Yeah, the new layout was uh, vastly improved compared to what they had before. It was very congested before. Uh, they basically took out two central elevators that went from the atrium all the way up into the buffet space and took those out and basically made a much larger sort of station-based buffet that works out well for, you know, like I said, it was just so congested before. So now there's a lot more flow up there and the decor is better and the food is improved as well. So all in all, they have a winner on their hands and it's, uh, it's a great ship. How about the main dining room? Main dining room is basically stayed the same. Uh, they've upgraded the, uh, the carpeting throughout the ship. So, you know, there's different improvements there. But uh, the food, almost the same from what I remember before. Uh, not quite to the level I would expect for a premium line altogether. The, the entrees weren't quite as good as the appetizers, actually. But yeah. still, we, we liked it. How did the dining times work on there? 
they have two seating times like uh, most cruise ships. And um, if you have the Britannia Club restaurant, that's open seating, however. Cool. Uh, how about entertainment? More of a refined crowd on the QM2. Uh, so I'm sure you're not going to find a lot of the poolside entertainment or even a really a pool outside, really. Is that correct? Well, they actually do have uh, several pools outside. Um, they don't get uh, as much use as you would expect, obviously, because you're yeah. the, the cold weather. But um, they do have one that's under a Magridon that can be used. And they also have one in their thermal suite in the spa, which is great. And uh, my wife and I actually went ahead and bought the thermal suite pass and uh, took advantage of that, and it was wonderful. But other than that, um, I'm trying to think. What, what was the other question? Matt? I'm just like I'm trying to. Cause I, mean, I remember I I toured the ship. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have the pools? Have they always been there? All of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they weren't added. Okay, uh, I guess my next question would be: uh, We were talking about the entertainment and the pools and all that, but you're not going to find like a poolside DJ on this ship. Right, so yeah, okay. there's not a lot of poolside DJ, but uh, I mean, well, they do have a band that you know yeah. will roam about and that kind of thing, you know, depending on weather. But um, really, the entertainment on board is definitely more of that elegant style. Again, mm-hmm. there's a big band on board. In fact, uh, the cruise I was on was a special Blue Note jazz cruise, and Herbie Hancock was on board oh, performing, cool. and that was awesome. That yeah. was that was quite a treat. It's sort of a specialty entertainment kind of thing, like Carnival Live, but it was actually open to everybody. Everybody got to enjoy it for free, so that was neat. Beyond that, you know, the entertainment consists of you know they have cabaret shows and the like that are still pretty good but um, they even offer uh, Shakespearean drama on board which is kind of cool they actually have a RADA uh, dramatic troupe on board and they do these really cool theatrical productions and that's a really neat little extra does this ship have a planetarium? it does so they also have a dome screen that descends from the ceiling and sort of kind of like an IMAX dome screen, you watch these, you know, 360 degree fully immersive films on board. And that's that's a treat as well. Cool. Very nice. Uh, let's talk about the sea days now, because this ship was pretty much designed for sea days. So how does it handle at sea? Because I know these crosses can, depending on what time of year, they can get pretty rocky. Yeah. Uh, well, to tell you the, uh, the truth, we had a hundred mile per hour wind gusts Whoa. perpendicular to the ship at one point. And the ship only healed to five degrees, which <laughs> is next to nothing. So this ship, I tell you, it's remarkable. It has a larger draft than most cruise ships, so it is super stable. And it's definitely the ship you want to be on for this crossing um, because it's really one that you kind of want it to be rough mm-hmm. just to see how well it can behave, and it's really remarkable. So with that, you know, there's definitely all sea days, clearly. You know, you're not stopping off anywhere. But uh, there's lots to do on board. You know, we really enjoyed trivia. They also um, changed the Winter Garden uh, Lounge that they had previously and made it the Corinthia Lounge on board. Uh, expanded that a bit. Now it actually expands all the way out to the windows, and they offer it as a sort of cafe throughout the day where there's free uh, munchies you can enjoy. That was awesome. But I have to say, if there's one tip I'm going to give you, it's got to be to try Sir Samuel's. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have added a Godiva chocolate bar to this place. And it is, not only are these Sundays like massive, they're amazingly, they're an amazing value. They're only like $5 and you get this just honking chocolate Sunday. It's the best thing. Chocolate fondue, got to try that too. I I love it. Yeah, you were saying earlier that this cruise line allows pets now. So this this is beyond service animals, right? Yeah, so they've always had kennels on board. They recently expanded it as part of the refurbishment, and they've also expanded an outdoor walking deck, and they even have a Liverpool lamppost and a New York fire hydrant outside for the dogs to sort of feel at home, so it's kind of fun. Do the dogs have to stay in the kennel during the crossing, or can they come in the stateroom? No, they have to stay in the kennels, but the the guests can go up there and, you know, visit with them and uh, walk them about and things. <laughs> nice. So your ship makes it over to Brooklyn and New York City. How was disembarkation? How was that process for you? Again, really smooth. Uh, we had expedited disembarkation, and it was really a breeze to get off the ship. And even though it's a larger ship, again, it was really smooth. 
I should have asked you this earlier, but how long did it take you from curb to cruise ship to board the QM2 in Southampton? Uh, ordinarily, we get there a little bit earlier, so we had to wait a little bit, but um, it was only about maybe an hour total, only because we had to wait just a period of time because they, they, they obviously board based on uh, you know facilities. If you're in a suite, you get on first, but altogether, not too bad. How about disembarkation? How long did that take you from yeah, ship just- to curb? Sure. Yeah. Disembarkation from ship to curb. Uh, same thing, but uh, very quick. I would say only about 15 minutes. Uh, but we opted to just even take our own bags off and able to hop into an elevator right away and whisk everything off. Gosh, you got to love self-assist, don't you? Yep. <laughs> Real breeze. <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, looking back uh, on your cruise experience, what was the highlight for you? Honestly, I got to say that chocolate in Godiva, man. We love that. But uh, the thermal suite actually was a treat. They had the Canyon Ranch Spa Club, and uh, we had that for three days. And so basically every other day we got a chance to go there and enjoy it. Um, and once you're in there, you can you know be there for as long as you want. And uh, we took advantage of that for about three hours a day and loved it. Super relaxing. Any first-time tips you have for anyone sailing the QM2 or doing a transatlantic crossing? I would just say uh, don't be afraid of it thinking that it's going to be boring at all. There's plenty to do on board. They have a great lecture series, um, things like that, a great entertainment altogether. And there's lots of food to try on board. I'd also say to try the uh, Golden Lion Pub, which is basically a British pub-style lunch that they offer. Highly recommended. It's really tasty. Very nice. In closing here, your final thoughts of the QM2. It is seriously a unique ship. It's definitely the flagship of Cunard, if not the Carnival Corporation for being such a unique ship as the only true ocean liner at sea. And it's, it's quite a ship that I highly recommend giving a shot. We've been talking with Jason Leopard, senior writer over at Travel Pulse, uh, talking about his westbound transatlantic crossing aboard the Queen Mary 2 from Southampton over to New York City. Jason, my friend, thanks for being on the show and sharing your review. And uh, if you want to find any of Jason's coverage, just check out cruiseradio.net. We'll put it right there in the show notes. Thank you, buddy. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.